The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, eczema affects many people in Ireland, impacting one in five children and one in ten adults. The focus of Eczema Awareness Month is to shed light on this common condition and to help people better understand it. Uh, Managing eczema can be especially challenging during the colder months for many people. I'm joined by Professor Nikki Ralph, consultant dermatologist with the Institute of Dermatologists, who will be talking about this. Good morning, Nikki. Morning, Pat. So, first of all, uh, the statistics are quite alarming. Yeah, it's one of the most common uh, inflammatory skin conditions worldwide. So it affects over 230 million people or 2.4% of the global population. So it's particularly common in Ireland. So as, as you just read out there, one in five or 20% of children have it. Now, thankfully, for the most part, most children have mild eczema. Eczema literally means it's a Greek term for to boil. So what, what a parent would see in their child is that they have red or pink patches on the skin they're really itchy they just want to scratch all the mm. time and uh, and sometimes it can weep and, and then get infected yeah. now the the one in five children have it one in ten adults mm. that means that it improves by 50 percent well, as yeah, you get older it, you grow out of it. it well for the most part it does improve over time and um but the only thing we would say is that people who have had eczema as a child they will still have sensitive skin as an adult and it means they should still watch their skin, not use inappropriate products on it, um, not use soaps and bubbles because it can come back. That's yeah. the problem. Now, what causes it and are there different types? So we don't, there's not one single cause, but it's it's a kind of complex interplay between genetics, so an inherited predisposition, uh, and then the en- environmental triggers. So if a parent has eczema, they have about a kind of a one in four chance that their child will have eczema. And if both parents have eczema, then a 50% chance. So um, it's linked, we call it the atopic triad. So if you have asthma, eczema, or hay fever, you're more likely to then have a child with, with one of those things. Or you yourself, if you've got one of them, could go on to develop the other other one. Um, so really we know things like the house dust mite, um, soaps, bubbles, alcohol on the skin, things that dry out the skin can trigger a flare and then of course you're more prone to infection and then if, if, if bacteria gets into the skin it, it makes the skin go wild yeah. so the eczema spreads. Why is the winter worse? So when the winter comes, we've got the cold uh, air and then we start all turning on our central heating and then we reduce that level of moisture in the air and it just dries out the skin further. So um, uh, as we tend to have long, long winters in Ireland where we all crank up the heat. So some of the tips uh, for anyone suffering there is to try and particularly your bedroom when you go to bed at night time, you've got children suffering with eczema, is to try and turn off the radiator in that room and not have the room too hot because that yeah. will increase the scratching. And we do about 70% of our scratching yeah. at I night mean, time. We- we all seem to have come to the point where we expect to be able to walk around our homes in the middle of winter wearing yeah. a t-shirt. T-shirt and shorts, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah well, I mean, it, uh, since the uh, the advent of underfloor heating, a lot of homes are kept at that 20 to 22 degrees mm. and people are walking around in t-shirt and shorts. But you will see if you have a child who suffers with eczema and they get too hot or you put too many layers on them, um, they will start to scratch. And if they break that skin barrier further, they will introduce infection and then that just makes a flare of the eczema. So it is really important to try and not overheat someone suffering with Okay, so, so what are the treatments? So the treatments, first and foremost, is, is, is getting the right skincare routine. And once you've found it, you stick with it. We're all great at starting into something new, whether it's a change in lifestyle with our diet, you know, reducing alcohol, things like this to make ourselves healthier. But it's really important that if we, if we get the right skincare, that you stick with this, even on your good days when your skin looks great and you have your eczema under control, is that you keep that going. So what is that routine? 
So it's taking quick, short showers or baths, like literally no longer than five to seven minutes in a bath. Make sure the water is lukewarm, so not really hot. You'll get instantaneous relief from a very hot shower from your itch, but then that'll only dry you out further. So it's important that they're just short, short, sharp and lukewarm. You have to use a bath emollient or in the, a shower emollient. So you're avoiding soaps, bubbles, anything that's heavily fragranced. Um, and then the minute you get out of that water, when your skin is still a little bit damp, is the best time to put your moisturiser on. So a child with moisturiser, moderate to severe eczema may go through 250 gram tub per week and an adult could go through 500 gram tub of emollients and everyone now, just tell me about emollient what is that so they come in various forms like uh, lotions creams and ointments and i always get asked the question what is the best one and the best one is the one that you are willing to use and the one that you are willing to use frequently. So lotions tend to be the thinnest, so they're very quick to put on and, and easy to dry in, but they're probably not the best, particularly in the dry winter winter months. Ointments are probably best at nighttime or if your child is very small and you don't have to get them dressed quickly for school. And then creams for when you're rushing out of the house in the morning. So if you could do your creams in the morning, but definitely before bed, try and lock in that moisture overnight with, with an ointment. Um, and then avoiding things that can trigger it. So... Uh, uh, like basically not using harsh um, clothes, like woolly clothes, things where kids just want to go mad, tags, snip off the tags on their clothes. Going to bed, we used to have where we'd put gloves on them, but sure, everyone knows you put gloves on within half an hour of sleep, it would be on the floor. So there are some companies out there uh, and I'm not linked with any of them, but there is um, uh, Itchy Little Monkeys, um, there's Clinifast, which is is from Dundalk, where basically they make clothing for adults and children who suffer, uh, special little suits that they can wear to bed at night time to stop them scratching. Now some of the questions and uh, typically we anticipated this about foods and you know. Yeah. Uh, no. That's the No, I mean don't get me wrong there are um more common in children that there is a link between potentially food allergy and making eczema worse but it comes in two different types so there's an immediate food allergy where usually within 15 minutes or up to two hours if you consume something you may develop lip, tongue, throat swelling, hives that's a much more serious immediate type 1 hypersensitivity reaction and the commonest things would be egg, milk and peanut in children and that affects about 4% of, of, of children with moderate to severe eczema but for the majority it's not allergy and if you eat tomatoes, citrus fruit berries of course children could get red around their mouth but that's an irritant effect they've got dermatitis on their face and then you know it just irritates it but for the majority of people they don't have food allergy Uh, of course there's plenty of people with food intolerance out there but it doesn't mean it necessarily makes your eczema worse is eczema similar to psoriasis can you have both you can have both, but no, they're completely two different entities. So psoriasis, again, very common, affects about 2% of, of, of the population in Ireland, but it tends to be plaques on your extensor surfaces, so your elbows, your knees, your scalp. Eczema, for the most part, is your flexural surfaces, so the crook of your arms, the back of your knees, but it does present differently in different ages. So infants, it could be on their face. By the time they're crawling, it could be on the front of their shins because of the friction, and then by the time they're walking, it's the backs of their knees and, and the crooks of their arms. Uh, my teenage daughter has started to suffer from eczema what's the best treatment should I take her to see a GP is that so first and foremost change her skincare so make sure she gets rid of all the bubbles the soaps the nice fragrance things that we all get presents of switch to emollients I mean your pharmacist uh, anyone working in a pharmacy has great advice for you so to go in there first get her onto a routine of moisturising twice a day every day and washing with something uh, and then obviously if this is not enough to bring it under control then yes her GP could prescribe some topical mm-hmm. therapies I don't have eczema but I do have dry skin which gets way worse in the winter, uh, what cream and cleanser would you recommend? 
So, I mean, there's so many on the market. I mean, Silcox Base is one of the commonest ones. You can use it to wash, shave, moisturize. It's about 4 or 20 for a 500 gram tub. Okay. So it's really inexpensive. But some of the urea-based moisturizers are good for people who get very dry or kind of hard skin, hands and feet. Uh, and there's so many available over the counter, inexpensive. Now, you addressed this earlier, but uh, I'll read this question. I, as a teenager, had it and uh, I had it into my 20s, but I seem to grow out of it. Is it likely now that my teenage son will get it? So he has about a one in four chance if it's just the one parent who who has it. But if he's a teenage son, like adult onset uh, eczema is possible, but it is less likely. So if he didn't have it as an infant and he's now a teenager, it's actually less likely. And he might have enough problems with acne and all the other teenagers. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, but hopefully he's missed it. Can you use retinol if you have eczema patches on your face? You have to be very careful with this and using a prescription stent retinol if you've got active eczema will probably just flare it. So no, you ideally have your eczema under control before you'd introduce a retinoid. Another one here. I have a child with severe eczema for eight years and using a topical steroid medication. Can you please ask your guest about topical steroid withdrawal symptoms and how to manage it? That's a whole other, we could be here for an hour talking about that. The most important thing is to use topical steroids for as short uh, as possible time. So ideally just for the first number of weeks to bring a flare under control. And if every time you stop the steroid, your skin is flaring, then you absolutely need to to be referred on to a dermatologist. There's so many treatments now that don't Mm. involve topical steroids. Uh, Can you call out the danger of purchasing creams online for eczema? These creams invariably will contain high levels of topical steroids and will clear the eczema. However the eczema will return with a vengeance. It can rebound if you stop it suddenly and also you have to be very careful with the strength of steroid, particularly if you're using it on the face or the nappy area. If you use too strong a steroid on those sensitive sites, you will lead to long-term damage such as skin thinning, easy bruising and uh, broken capillaries on the face. A few more. My 22-year-old daughter developed eczema post-COVID, never having had it before. Have you come across this? That's a question from Jimmy. I mean, it's hard to say, is it, you know, did she have an underlying predisposition? Did she already have asthma, hay fever? And then and then she just goes on to develop eczema. But yes, infection is a stress on the body and it can trigger a flare in a, in a pre-existing skin condition. And my late mother was a firm believer in carbolic soap, says this <laughs> listener. Uh, best thing for all skin irritations, she said. My daughter used it on her son. And it was better than the cream prescribed by the GP. That's from Denise. Um, I wouldn't be recommending it because it's going to dry out the skin further. Um, so no, I wouldn't. And yeah. we've all used it many, many years ago. But and no, Luke O'Neill, who'll be with us later on, was saying that, you know, soap actually kills the bacteria and the viruses on your on your hands. It doesn't have to be carbolic. No, exactly. Yeah. Carbolic yeah. makes you maybe feel better. Maybe. It smells stronger. stronger. You feel like you're doing something right. Yeah. Uh, and uh, another one, a uh, final one, fake tan. Any effect on eczema? No, I mean, you can absolutely use it, but it might look incredibly patchy if your eczema isn't under control, so not your best look. So try and moisturise, moisturise, moisturise before you go using the fake tan. Professor Nikki Ralph, consultant dermatologist with the Institute of Dermatologists. Thank you very much for uh, joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.